You gotta sit in the stuck before you stand with your wins. This is the Music Fit Podcast. Let's do this thing. Yo, welcome back. It's your host, Mike Schwartz. This is the Music Fit Podcast. Yeah, we have a killer show all queued up for you here today. We've got my man and fellow enlisted coach, Mr. Chase Tolleson. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we got to talking about, I want to talk to y'all about the importance of community. And I'm bringing this up here today because I had the absolute privilege to graduate with some really incredible, incredible human beings that will be lifelong friends out of the coaching community. We, we graduated together on Saturday, this past Saturday, from the Level 1 Enlifted Coaching Certification. What is Enlifted, you say? Well, glad you asked. Story work. Diving into the way your language and your breath affects your behaviors. If you don't like what you're doing, start looking at the way you speak words that you choose to use now throughout the conversation with chase today you're gonna hear some things going up negation acknowledged soft talk acknowledged and you're gonna think that's that's odd and that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about is that it's so subconscious in our language when we're using pieces of conflict language you know the soft talk being the kind as the maybes, the sort as the negations, don't, won't, can't, all that. And these things subconsciously focus our mind onto indecision, onto negative attitudes, things that we don't want but are bringing and attracting into our lives. There's a reason, right? And we dive a lot more into it, and Chase is a master of this, and the conversation was really, really cool, because we talk from everything about pain and victim mentality, all the way down to his own experience with uh, where he got into coaching, and of course, as always, we talk about the music and how it applies to you as a performer. So, I'm very, very excited to bring Chase onto the show, and uh, ah, man, let's just get into the show, okay? Without further ado, this is my man, Chase Oops. Here we go. All along the Watchtower, the Jimi Hendrix. There's got to be a story behind that, Chase. What's uh, what's up with that, Jim? Oh, dude, I mean, Jimmy, all his stuff was my jam earlier on. That's still, it's still in my library. The specific, there are many here among us who feel that life is but a joke. But you and I, we've been through that. And this is not a phase. I mean, that, that resonates so, and, and it resonates, it resonated when I was 17, 18, 19, and it resonates more and more and more every time I hear that. You know, so that's, that's what that is. What, what about it? What, what's the resonation? Cause I think most people hear that lick and they just think guitar, man. They're like, oh yeah, that's a Bond yeah. song, but they don't really pay attention. And we're getting, I know we're going here today. Yeah. They don't really, negation acknowledged, 
pay attention to what the hell he is actually saying there. Yeah, I mean, there are many here among us who feel that life is but a joke, you know, and they they put their shoulder to the wheel and they push and they work and they go home and they come back and they put their shoulder to the people's wheel and they push and they work and they go home. And then they're 75 wondering if they did it right. Did they do it the way everybody wanted them to? Uh, was that what I was supposed to do? Did I leave enough? Uh, did, did I create legacy? And nobody looks at it on the front end, like why they're even pushing the wheel. Why'd you get into to what you're doing, what you're doing, man? I got into doing what I'm doing because I love fitness. I was a naive fitness junkie who thought that opening a gym was going to be working out and teaching people how to work out. So did I know I was going to be running a business? Um, since then, uh, developing my coaches in the gym has become a passion of mine and I am, I know, and I will own it. I am good with movement. Uh, and I got to the point where I was like, cool, what else do we do? And uh, our, when we rebranded in 2018, our tagline is live with purpose. Oh yeah. You know, okay. so that it, that's, that, that was the abracadabra that pulled and lifted into my life. You know, I, I was searching and searching and searching for, something for that live with purpose how do we get people to stop running away from themselves so that you know you asked what got me into coaching i started down surprise a rabbit hole uh that you know wanting to at at the core to bring it full circle it was wanting to help people with self-actualization and when i was 24 years old i thought that that was done via big squats and snatching 200 pounds and there's been a journey since then. Was there a moment that that all clicked for you when you're like, eh, eh, there's something, something else. It was a long moment and it, it's, it's still a moment, right? Like, um, you know, to get a little woo woo, I sent a text to my brother a couple of years ago. Like you ever feel like what we're looking at is just a veil and there's something right behind it. And I, I started having the realization before that, that people go through their life that way. They create this vision and I, I did it. You know, you learn good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. And uh, you go through life and you project what you want to see onto the world. And shy away from taking that objective look at your life and your journey and everything inside of it you know so that the the slow burn there was uh the opec ccp program was the first thing that really opened me up to like let's start coaching the individual and looking at lifestyle and then from there it, it snowballed i had already went through the procabulary course and it, it's just it was I, I started a blog at one point a couple years ago and like the idea was that was going to take off and I was going to be a speaker and life coach. So this has been this kind of this take out the kind of, it has been a snowball that has been rolling slowly. And, and it now in the last year has picked up some serious steam. That's really cool. And, and I look at you in, uh, in all aspects of like where we're at in the world right now is, you know, we're all uh, a social media profile. And the thing that really caught me about you is you're saying the stuff that people are thinking, 
and not willing to put out there and not yeah. willing to completely acknowledge there's a part of us on the uh, the post that you say for anybody that hasn't checked out we'll we'll make sure your uh your links are here in the in the in the show bio because just going through a bit of your feed on on social media is just that's crazy because it's all this stuff that when i first read it i was like no oh yeah right and i got i felt that myself i was like no yeah oh damn it got me right because we have that little bit of our our inner critic in us right and for those that don't know full circle what what we're talking about is that you read something you immediately get emotionally charged whether it's good or bad nothing there's something in there from maybe not right that moment was there ever a moment for you where that happened on your like in, as a as a personal experience like how did you get into that part how i know it's a work in progress mm -hmm. was there ever a moment where you're like ah fire anger emotional fuel like re resistance to the yeah yeah the light so to speak <laughs> yeah i guess in in a sense on that yeah yeah um and, and you hit the there, there's been multiple moments to to pin down any one would Oh, we'd have to go back like into the military, you know, into believing that, you know, I was in the Navy for four years. I turned wrenches. I, I went into the Navy with a chip on my shoulder because I was a testosterone fueled directionless fitness junkie of a 21 year old who wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I spent a year of my life uh, I, training for that before the Navy. I sold my car to pay for LASIK eye surgery. And when I went to contract in, they said, sorry, new instruction came out six days ago. Your misdemeanor possession charge is no longer waverable for a SEAL contract. Wow. So you want to talk about some victim mentality stuff. Yeah. Like, let's, I went, let's do that. <laughs> that sounds like and, fun. Let's go there. Or anyone, I have it written down here and I want to make sure I hit it on the nose for anyone that needs a refresher. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where someone tends to regard themselves as the, uh, as the victim of negative actions of others. Even in the absence of clear evidence, the victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process. So if you've ever heard the great Mark England say that, he hits it on the head without having to read it. Uh, that being said, you want to talk about something to kick off a victim mentality. Hey, I just pushed all my friends away. I decided to focus on personal growth and spend a year running, swimming, uh, doing push-ups, sit-ups, and, and devoting my life to this. And oh, by the way, you can't do it now. I went into the Navy with the biggest chip on my shoulder. And then get in there and find out that a lot of people use the military as a babysitting service for fully grown men because they refuse to start to take care of themselves. Uh, and it created a bigger chip on my shoulder, uh, broken leadership structure, advancement system that's flawed, uh, just personal responsibility thrown out the window if you're a pay grade higher than the person standing next to you. It was, and for the first two out of the four years, I lived thinking that that was what I had to do, was be angry at that. And the light bulb was when I decided I was going to get out. And this was the first light bulb that I decided I was going to get out and be my own boss. I, I was getting 
out of this broken system and I was going to open a gym and change lives. And as I alluded to earlier, have there been massive growth pieces since then? Sure. You want to talk about the precipice of the overarching hero's journey around everything for me? That would be it. Yeah. Wow, man. What a, what a shock when you're coming in with everything gusto. I, I can personally relate to that being an artist in, in, I see a lot of similarities in that kind of a world, the fitness entrepreneur, the musician, we're both our own business. Mm -hmm. We're both up against the wall. Everybody has expectations of what that is. If you're an athlete, you've got expectations to make podium. If you're a musician, you got to do a job on the stage. What would you say to that artist out there getting up on stage with all of this expectation thrown at them from the external world? Well, for anybody on stage, your audience wants you to succeed. You know, uh, I think personally for me in presentation and public speaking, that's been the biggest piece. If they're there, it's because they want you to succeed. So if you have a stage to get on in front of people, go, go rock it. Like, you're killing it. There's people there that op, that love you and want to see you succeed. You know, and, and so many people to touch on that inner critic you were talking about, spend time creating stories in their head around what if I fail? What if I, what if a string breaks while I'm out there? What if this, what if that? And you know, what if I trip over my words? And what if you don't negation acknowledge? What if you absolutely blow it out of the water? expectations of us out there all based around fear and in, in, in a large part, talk to that. What, uh, what do you see out there with, with fear? Dude, the fitness industry has been ran on fear for years and it's, uh, the fear of being overweight or the fear of not being enough when swimsuit season comes, the fear of not being strong enough, the fear of gaining the weight back, the fear of dying. Uh, and, and, and the fear of not knowing what to do without a coach. And so many coaches, you know, I'll leave the, the victim and the rescuer to Ryan Walla because he knocks that out of the park. That's his stuff. So many coaches are in the victim mentality on the rescuer side. Mm -hmm. And so then they create a bunch of victims that need rescuing inside their walls. You know, they, when you could be a guide, like a Sherpa and teach them how to climb the mountain yeah. and then go chill and teach other people how to climb the mountain while these people are climbing the mountain and climbing. And then they go teach people how to climb the mountain because until we stop running the fitness industry or self-development of any sort on fear, it is going to be this circle where people are always breathing trapped in their chest, thinking about all the things that go could go wrong. And when we get to the point that we can affect true change in the world, it'll be because we are all breathing low and slow, looking objectively at what's in our life and using the gym or your physical practice or your self-development as just that self-development. So many people are like, oh yeah, I don't go to the bar anymore, but I hang out at my favorite bar, <laughs> the gym. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I've made that joke too, but you're literally treating your squats like rounds of shots. You're taking out all the, the crap that you refuse to deal with 
by loading the bar heavy, squatting heavy, working out fast, and getting this sweet stress hormone response that allows you to run away from your world. And then the gym becomes the best hour of your day. And I'm sorry, if your physical practice is the best hour of your day, you need to go get some hobbies. Like, dude, I love working out. The time I spend with my wife, the time I spend reading, the time I spend walking, meditating, those are often better hours of my day than lifting weights. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's a dose of perspective for a lot of listeners out there. I know you got like the the dog treatment there with a lot of people. Head cocks off to the side. Like, what do you mean? That's supposed to be. It's supposed to be all about me. Let's dive down there. All about me, self growth, all of that stuff that we're talking about right here, right now. That going to work out. Yeah, that's cool. How much of that? is what you just said though for the people that you're working with and what if you find yourself trapped in that and you might be going uh, you know if you get emotionally charged this is what i was saying earlier if you felt a little sting from chase saying that right there we got to do a little analysis here for somebody who felt that sting like what do you mean no i love going to the gym what do you say to that person how do we get agent of change on that how do we how do we move forward oh yeah that, that's great question my man with the questions. Uh, how do we move forward out of that resistance? You know, and it's, you have to sit in the stuck before you can stand with your wins. So the way forward is often back and not negation acknowledged, not physically or, uh, you know, actually backwards in your journey. It's back into yourself, into your head and into your past. And why do you feel that resistance? Like, why, why do you get angry when I tell you that the gym shouldn't be your, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and everything that you do? Is there something else going on? Like, what, what does that anger, where does that resonate in you? And what does that make you feel, feel like? What does that remember? That, what, what does that bring up in your memory? And then when you get to that memory, just thinking about that memory kind of sort of maybe feel like what you felt when I said that you shouldn't be spending all your time in the gym and pissing off everywhere else. Cause if that's the fact, then let's dig in on why that memory feels that way. Go write it down, go speak it out loud. And oftentimes, I mean, I know you've seen it in story work. Oftentimes after the first time someone writes something down and speaks it out, they're like, Oh, that's not as heavy as I thought it was. Yeah. Big time, big time. And to that, when, I mean, we're joking, we got like this inside joke. I want to bring, I want to bring the audience in on this kind of maybe sort of bullshit. Soft talk. (laughs) Let's go there just to clear the air with what we're joking about, because it, it is still my biggest piece of, uh, my biggest limitation right now. Let's yeah. say that, right? Tell me, tell me about your experience with soft talk, Chase. Yeah, I, I think I could probably do that. Maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for soft talk, for the listeners, uh, in your head, who's the flakiest person you know who, who has issues with commitment? And how do they talk? Oh, I should maybe start going to the gym. Yeah, I'm going to try and get there on Friday. Oh, I'll probably uh, start applying for new jobs. 
maybe sometime I'll work on my resume. Like, you know, oh, I don't know. I might, I might clear some time because I should practice more. Like, okay. Each and every one of those statements leaves an out. It leaves a possibility for something else. Like, oh, maybe I should practice more or take out the maybe I should practice more. And then you can do a good old should detox. I could practice more. I can, I will, I am practicing more. You know, and each one of those steps is going to resonate different for people, but going back to the soft talk, I mean, it's a, it's a great exercise. Once you start realizing how language feels to speak, Oh, I'm probably going to go do that. Or I'm going to do insert activity or accomplish life goal and see how each one feels because the soft talk feels like you're going to go sit down and watch Netflix for four hours because you're not really kind of sort of even starting to commit to it. Yeah. The salad talk feels like you're a man on fire and you're ready to rock. Yeah. You're, you're the fucking boss right now. Like, let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. Right. And that makes a big difference. I know that my, the reason I say the, the soft talk stuff is for a long time in my life, I found it frustrating to have conversations with clients, other musicians, my own dear friends and family, and everybody was bailing on me. I was like, what, what is, what is everybody else's problem here? Like, I'm ready to go. Let's, let's do this. And I see it and I'm like, uh, and then I was called out by none other than the Mark England. And <laughs> then later on, Walsy, oh, oh, Walla. Yeah. You ever pay attention? To no. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going. Yeah, I should, uh, I should, pro- uh, there it is. I should probably go in there. And I kept on seeing these consistencies with these maybes and these kind of, yeah, I'm feeling ish. Ish was all over my lingo. And that's the reason why I have my appointments at 1107 or 152 or some weird ass number, right? There's no ish about it. There's no two o'clock ish. There's no, because that's so soft. We up here, Canada, we call that 10 ply. That's, that's super soft, 10 play. And then sometimes I played this new game where I'll, I'll count out a sentence and I'll count out the pieces of sock top and then times that by how many? So 10 ply times five pieces of sock top. You're 50 ply guys. That's bad. That's super soft. Like that's real bad in one sentence. And, and what I did in that process is I went, okay, if I'm doing it and I'm seeing it in others, uh, could there be what if there was a relationship between that oftentimes you find people not negation acknowledged not looking within and looking for the answers outside oh yeah i mean a beautiful segue into projections i i see what you did there <laughs> so, uh, and before i was ever a student of this work i had a meditation where i went real deep one night and i came out with uh that anger is after Anger is often a misunderstanding of ourself. You know, and, and to that point, so many people are, you know, we, we get angry at what we see in others that we're uncomfortable with in ourselves. And it is 
uncomfortable as I'll get out. Like you think that gym statement made people uncomfortable. Like it is so uncomfortable to be like, Oh, my anger is just there's stuff I'm not dealing with. And I'm projecting my own self-worth and confidence issues onto this person right now. Like, dude, that's, that's scary. And so many people would, would much rather go through a lifetime of like slight discomfort and everybody else is out to get me and being unhappy still than taking that like walk through the fire to be in a paradise on the other side. Because when you take that very, very uncomfortable step to turn your words back inward, like, oh, wait, I'm in control. Like, I thought I was just like a, a character written into the story. Like, I, I wasn't sure, like, if they were going to, like, write me off next season or what. But, like, this is my show. It's my book. Cool. Like, let's go. Let's, I got the pen. Oh, dude, let's go. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And it's just, it's fire. It is. It is. It's empowerment to the, the, you said it great with that Sherpa bit, man. I, I was like, whoa, that's wonderful. When you can give agency, create agency in others' lives. And when that light bulb, like, that's why I do what I do, man. Like to see that mm. boom go, oh, you mean I had all the answers all this time? Yeah, <laughs> generally. <laughs> it's that's why an effective coach asks the right questions because we, we all have the right answers inside of us. And when, to your point, the Sherpa, the guide, you have the right kind of guide to help you shine light on those answers that you've tucked away in a corner because your evil inner critic tells you you're not worthy of them. Mm. Oh, dude, that's some powerful stuff. And that's, that goes back to coaches I mean, I'm, I'm in business to put myself out of business. Like I want to create so many men that are in touch with their truest alpha male. Not like the, I get in bar fights and I date five women at once alpha male, like the truest <laughs> alpha male that, that they're teaching their sons and their friends. And all of a sudden, like, I got nobody else to teach. So I got to go start doing like public speaking or write a book or something like People look at me like I got three heads. They're like, you you mean you want me to do? I came to you. I came to you for the answer. But what, what do you mean I want to? I have the answer. And they start, you can see the, the wheels spinning. And, and we start to create this agency. And we start to go, yeah, you can take care of yourself. And for the, I mean, a totally different context. It's our way of being preventative with our care in healthcare and fitness so that we don't need Mm -hmm. the the medical world that's all react reactive and rehab and how many dollars do we spend in crisis uh counseling and all this stuff that can be prevented if we just have our own there <laughs> what was that that was a breath whoa let's go there that that hit something let's go there dude <laughs> all right my sister and my sister is, it is 2021 now. My sister is 31 years old. Since she graduated high school, was seeing therapists on and off. I mean, throwing money at these people. You want to know what she did this year? I could guess. She started working. She started working with the wizard himself, Mark England. She had a... Uh, uh, 
the precipice of her hero's journey, we'll call it, uh, late last year in an event. And I, I was like, hey, are you open to exploring this? And she is now in her Enlifted Level 1. She went through, she did seven total sessions with Mark, a 90-minute plus six, 60 minutes. After her first 90-minute, she works with another coach at my gym. I don't handle family, you know, even yeah. for movement, like, cool. And that coach texts me and she goes, your sister is a completely different person. This is a girl who had been seeing therapists, licensed therapists, from the time she was 18 to the time she was 30. And in one 90-minute session, from the outside looking in, people were able to say that's a completely different person. So when you speak to the money that goes down the drain on crisis counseling, you know, uh, crap fitness routines that are designed to keep people hooked and in that yo-yo cycle, it's, it's abhorrent. And when you can affect the kind of change that gets people to your, your words, true agency, like gives them Adam Chin, this is Adam Chin. There is no drug better than freedom. And, and I said this, I won the lives Mark called me up on. When you can be the plug for freedom, when you are the one that deals the freedom that opens up your coat and says, I got what you need, freedom. And people are like, what? But like, I, I just want abs. Or like, I just want to know how to play music well. I just want to get over being on stage. I just want to do this. Like, no, no, no. Like, I got you. Try this new stuff. It's called freedom. <laughs> and then they try some freedom. And dude, you can see their magic growing. Yeah, those abs turn to, oh, well, now I want to go climb Everest. And the the stage turns from the getting up on open mic to I want to play Wembley. Yeah. And that's where that's where this unlocking really does come from within because the irony of it all, folks, is that you got it inside of you. The the fear-based mentality in wellness is what we both of Chase and I, this is what we do. This is the kind of stuff that we literally kick to the curb. There's no need for that. And that's what, when people are like, oh, but I came to you, coach. You're supposed to have all the answers. Well, I want to go this way because this is one thing that you really um, verbalized in a really nice way. And I want, I want your words on this because it's when the foundation is built on mm -hmm. habits, which majority of what we think wellness is. Oh, we just got to get a good sloop, sloop, sleep routine in and all, everything will be fine. Yeah. Talk to me about the difference between habit shaping and identity. Dude, so I just made a video about this and I'm waiting for it. The world may never see it um, because I'm waiting on clearance from Sean Pestuch, owner of Active Life RX, because it ties in some of their stuff. That being said, a lot of coaches and myself included start with sleep hygiene, food hygiene, 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 whatever. Now, chew your food, go to sleep, have a mindfulness practice. You'll be good. Dude, that's free. Go on YouTube, go on Google. That stuff's free. People know to do that. And when you try to build a house on that shit, you are building your first floor without laying the foundation. And at first rain, it's going to sink. The foundation is our identity. It's the stories we tell ourselves and how we frame them. And you can choose how you want to build that foundation. 
Like if you don't give that any mind, you think the big bad world is out to get you. Like your foundation's built out of topsoil, have fun. If you do some work, turn your words inward, take control of yourself, speak in affirmations, leave out the negations. Your foundation is like, I don't know, four feet of concrete, 18 feet of concrete, granite slab. Like, dude. My boy. Yeah. It's, right. and, and when that was just it, uh, and I, I think I've told you about this before, when we had Mark on our podcast for the second time for the gym and you know, we were like, Hey, what's this enlifted thing? Listen, I was like, Oh wait, it's a coach's program. It's not just like another vocabulary for athletes. And he, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's for coaches, this and that. And we got a one-on-one call and he goes, he's like, I can spot talent. You do well with this. It's the samurai sword of personal development. And right there, I could feel on that call that it was what was missing. You know, the whole, the live with purpose thing. Like, I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to get people to eat well and sleep and do all this. And this is it. And whether your thing is fitness, building a business, uh, playing music, whatever, this is it. And there are people who have used other systems. You know, the story about my sister with the therapist that come into the unlifted story work model. And all of a sudden they go from like being, you know, a lowly surf to a freaking wizard. That's exactly it over their own lives. That's the crazy piece, right? Yeah. That's the bit. It's like, I've known, I've known these things. Most of them were negatively affecting my decisions present day what i was unaware of is how much and how subconscious my actions were i was just floating like driftwood down friggin niagara man it was like oh happy life cool oh that didn't happen again cool pattern 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 Oh, wow. Why can't I seem to get this book out? Oh, wow. Why can't I seem to get this song out? Wow. What are all these things? Why is my indecision? You know, that's just my story. It comes from way back. I was like eight years old and it was just a pattern interrupt that needed to happen that went, oh, and then you pull yourself away from that story that you're an eight-year-old and you're a child and you're supposed to be making decisions as an adult and you're literally a child. And you go, oh, that's why I feel I can't make any decisions because I'm literally afraid of making the wrong decision because of what happened when I was fucking eight years old. What the fuck? And then you can laugh at it because at first it sucks. Like at first you have that realization. You're like, oh, God damn, right? That, that stings. And then you breathe and you, how, how important is that breath? Like that's why I called you on that breath. Like, I was like, oh, something happened there, man. <laughs> Let's talk about breath because it's one thing as a musician, this is a physical thing. And that's the thing with, with the folks in the music community, as I'm sure with anybody, you have to speak their language. Breath doesn't mean a whole lot to a musician until you start to sing or play your instrument. So how could somebody tie in breath? Let's, let's just talk about the importance of breath from, from your perspective, Chase. Yeah. Uh, do you want to be able to have good conversations, be in control of your thoughts, have good digestion, good sleep, uh, have meaningful relationships and execute throughout your day? 
like that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> then, then let's breathe low and slow. So many people are trapped high and tight. And by high and tight, we're talking about up in their chest and their neck. And you tell someone to take a deep breath and they go and they suck their belly in and their chest gets all big. And it's like, it's not a deep, like your diaphragm, which is, you know, near the bottom of your rib cage can go down and create more room for your lungs. And when you create that breath where you're pulling your belly in, you're like pushing up into your lungs. So on that note, yeah, breath for like playing and everything also if you're all <laughs> before you perform, how well is that performance going to go? Right. You know, or, or <sighs> you exhale twice or three times as long as your inhale, big old inhales, focusing on how much air you're moving and how well you're moving it. And you walk out clear headed and you crush it because you're in your flow state. That's the thing, right? And one of the other things that we get a lot of in our certification, we get people that are terrified of the stage. They can play all day in their room. But the minute somebody actually comes up, they just get palm sweaty. I feel like I should be reciting Eminem, mom spaghetti. It's weak. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, and to that point, if they took three big deep breaths, would their palms still be sweating? You know, and oh man. Well, dude, what's the science? I, I, on? Like what, what's the science on that? What is like, again, people don't, they don't get this. They just know what happens. So what, what, why is the palms getting sweaty? Why am I breathing? So why am I getting nervous? Why am I talking faster? Why is everything going ah, a million miles an hour? What's going on, dude? Because you're in your fight or flight response, uh, your sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. It's, and human beings, we have been conditioned to live there by our lives, by putting the shoulder to the wheel and working and going home and never taking a second for ourselves by worrying about every little thing that might maybe kind of go wrong, you know, and there, and this is the title of a book. There is a reason zebras don't get ulcers. Like, because their fight or flight is reserved for when lions are chasing them. And there's a reason that the most stressful people, you know, get ulcers and hemorrhoids and die of heart disease even though you thought they were healthy. So when we control our breathing, we can get down into our rest and digest our parasympathetic state. And that's, that's where magic stuff happens. And, you know, you talk about the gut being the second brain and now being talked about as the first brain, even like, Hey, if that's rest and digest and we kill the knot in our stomach, then we're going to be able to, think better. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, there's so much value to breath. And there's a reason that breath work coaches are multiplying and are in high demand right now. People who specialize in breath work only because mm -hmm. so many people are trapped and they are caged. It literally caged in their ribs because their breath is only halfway there. Yeah. So now, what happens when you take 
like it, it, have you had an example of uh, a time where you're going straight up stress fight or flight ready to go insane oh my god and you take that breath what happened what happens to you what do, what do you start to feel yeah i got a fun one I'll, I'll throw the example in there my accountant forgot to file like half of my income for 2019 i only found it when they kept telling me that I was wrong about the discrepancy about how much more money we made as a gym in 2020. So needless to say, when I find out that I have a five figure tax debt due the week after I just put earnest money down on a new house, dude, like three, four years ago, Chase would have still been angry about that. Mm. Um, now, I was, I, I was upregulated for 20 to 30 minutes. I was calling a friend of ours who's a corporate lawyer, wondering if I have any room for litigation, blah, blah, you know, just all. And then I caught myself. And I took that breath. And I collected myself. And I sent a very level-headed email to the accountant. And we got everything figured out. Did I still have a tax set to pay? Yeah, sure. Whatever. You know what though? That's one of those things like, here's the magic of breath. When people say, oh, if you can control it, control it. If you can't let it go. Yeah. You know how you let it go? With breath. You know, it, it's, it's so many people are like, well, you, you can't just let it go. Cause and they're stuck there. Breathe. As Brandon Powell says, breathe, motherfucker. Exactly. Women, the boys. Holy. Yeah, yeah. It's so important, right? And quite literally, when folks, if you're listening, you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Well, you know, when you've got that relief of finding out that, say, your your tax statement was incorrect and you, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to jail. What did I just do? That was me letting it go. That was quite literally letting it go. And Mark has a cool one too, where it's not negation acknowledged always about letting it go. It's loosening up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where it's loosen up, loosen up on that. Okay, cool. Cool. Just be, be cherry bra. I spent a lot of time in Hawaii and that's, that's all they say, right? It's all, it's all cherry bra. You go out, where do, where do we go in Kauai? You go out to the end of the road, and if the lights are green, you go that way. If the lights are green, you go that way. That was my direction, and I took that, and I was like, I know that sounds metaphysical here, but that's my life <laughs> now, man. Like, that's how I – I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you can roll with it. You can let it go. You can loosen up. You can just, mm, okay, cool. Mm. How can we – because when we get out of that stress situation, we feel it, man. And that's cool. Talk to me about – Here's a radical thought. What if pain was information? Whoa. So in the model that I was taking a video of today, it's load to capacity. And part of our load is our stress diet and sleep and our anatomical defects. I prefer to call them anatomical truths because as soon as you call it a defect, whether or not that torn meniscus is symptomatic, it becomes an issue. Yeah. Pain as information is what you said, right? Yeah. 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 Well, that's just it is it's information first. 
It's your body telling you something, whether or not it's pain is an emotional response centered around your identity and the stories you're telling yourself. You know, when you, you know, dislocate your shoulder and likely tear your labrum and one or two other things, and you enjoy playing softball on the weekends, is your identity wrapped around the fact that you play softball on the weekends because you used to play baseball in high school and you never made the college team. So you still want to play and prove that you got it, you know, or can we let that go or, or loosen it up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just like your shoulder just got loosened up. <laughs> and, uh, well, here's, here's a really good example is that the music industry were performing artists and we've been in lockdown for some of us, 12, 14 months now. What, what about that identity? Can we, can we address through pain? Are we still talking about physical pain? Ah, uh, there you go. I told you, right? That's where that segue. That, that's where I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Is that what, yeah. what is that? that emotional response of pain? How, how do we differentiate? How do we distract ourselves with all of these things, going to the gym, banging out those sets that we talked about, really distract mm-hmm. ourselves. Now that we don't have that, we're in global pandemic mode. We're locked down. We can't perform like we are used to. When we identify ourselves as a performing artist that cannot perform, is that pain? That's that's your choice. You know, and, and is it a performing artist who cannot perform or is it a performing artist who gets to refine their craft? You know, because I, to me, one sounds like pain and the other sounds like 12 to 14 months of growth. And right now, this last year, uh, the absence of sports for people to disappear into things like there has been an opportunity for your pendulum to swing very far one way or the other. And do you want to crawl in a hole and hide from it and believe that everybody's out to get you? Or do you want to lean into this stuff, find your power, grow through it and come out the other side while everybody's coming out with their hair so long, wearing, still wearing sweatshirts that are eight weeks old because they think they still don't have to change. And, uh, you're absolutely crushing it. You've learned like eight new skills and oh, by the way, your business is flourishing. It's a choice. And if you choose pain, it's going to stop you because I mean, that that's what's centered around pain, right? Like you can't move with pain. Yeah. I mean, so much of it is that choice. And when we come with it, with that breath, we can sit and we can feel how important is that to feel in order to heal, right? That's another one that uh, I like tossing out there that makes people's heads go off to the side. There's so much of it, we're running from it, right? You said it earlier. How many, yeah. how many of those times are we doing those squats all day because we're running away from what we're, we're really not addressing, right? If you leave the gym going, I needed that workout, you needed to skip the gym. You know, if it, 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 in that sense, if it was like, I needed that workout, I needed to clear my mind after work. Like I needed something like, mm, well, you could have taken a shot to kill and cleared your mind just as well. And likely if you were in such a stressed state, you're putting load on your body that eh, 
And to your point about feeling like, dude, that's such a great practice is what do you feel? And like, okay, no, like, not like, oh, well, I feel hungry. I like, what do you feel? Where in your body do you feel what you're feeling? Mm -hmm. Like, where do you feel this anxiety? Where do you feel this? Where do you feel? How is that resonating in you? Mm -hmm. and, and what is that feeling to you? And how can you move past that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one that I get frequently is, oh, I feel anxious right before a show. Where? Well, and sometimes it's up in the head. Sometimes it's a blanket. Sometimes it's right here, right in the heart, right, mm -hmm. right in the chest. I, I feel like I can't breathe. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. What do you say to that? What, where, do, where do you go, coach? Where do you go? Somebody's got that tightness. They got that anxiety. They're moments before a big show or a big release or, or they got an album coming out, something like that, and they're just super nervous. What do you do? Super nervous. We need to take it down quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, breath and I take my headphones off and show you this one. So I can't hear you for a second here. Right here. Mm. Pull, pull your ears up. There you go. He's pulling his ears up. Yeah. Grab the top of your ears, pull them up. And this is, this is a Mark England thing because he walked off stage. He told this story to us on one of our calls, I think. Mm. Walked off stage after his TEDx, TEDx speech that he crushed. And this next guy is just jitters. And Mark looks at him like, hey, and he, he didn't know exactly what this, the magic was here. He's like, turn around. And he grabbed this guy's ears and boom. And his face relaxed, his neck relaxed. And he comes to find out a couple of years later that that's called the Buddha smile. And it's like, it's like a yogi thing or something where you just, boom. So physically, that's a trick I would do. Um, breath and if they are in a spot that we can work some quick affirmations, I would definitely... Mm -hmm. Hey, do you know how to do this? Well, yeah. Okay, cool. I know how to, whatever they're going out there to do, wrap it with the breath over and over again. Yeah. How important, that, I'm glad you brought that in. How important is, cause I've, I've had that conversation with folks too. Oh yeah. You know, I, I do affirmations. How key is reps? How key? Can we speak on that? Both sides, both well, sides, you know, it's, it's mind blowing that, you know, in the fitness, the music industry, you, know, you get people like, yeah, I, it took me thousands of squats to get my squat right. It took, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan practiced guitar for eight hours a day, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, cool. How much do you think you need to train your brain that's grown up on your parents' victim mentality and the mainstream media to rewire itself to tell you that you have power? Like that, that takes massive reps. Take it from someone who people call a mindset master, who people ask to work with as opposed to other coaches, because you're a mindset master. And I still have to put the reps in. Otherwise, that evil son of a bitch inside my head comes crawling right back out. Dude, I know, and you're speaking it because I I know you <laughs> and I see you practicing. <laughs> 
And uh, I mean, that's one of the cool things with uh, mediums like Clubhouse and the IG Lives that we do is that that is reps. That is me sitting behind my drum set. That's just the different side. That's me on my coaching reps. That's me on my work with understanding every every situation could be very different. And if I'm sitting there going, well, this worked three months ago, I'm getting yeah. lapped. I'm getting lapped. Same thing goes for the guy playing guitar. You sit around in your bedroom and don't practice guitar. I'd expect you to be pretty anxious about jumping out on stage. You didn't do any reps. Dude, I, I played piano when I was a kid and my wife bought me a keyboard a few years back because I was like, Oh, I, I would love to pick that up again. I was like, Oh, I haven't had any reps for like hmm, 15, 16 years. Yeah. I need to start from square one. Yeah. And how cool is that? That's yeah. cool. We got some really good keys players in the collective. Anyways, you can pick it up. No time. I'll introduce my friend, Mike little. That'll be fun. Yeah. That's yeah. Just legend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a great new online course, man. I'll send you the link. Nice. <laughs> oh man. He's, he's the kind of guy too. And this, okay. So Mike, if you're listening and you likely are, I I'm, banking i could put money on you're practicing right now i'm banking on it you know you don't just add up as many grammys and you know like junos and like whatever your game is you don't hit the podium without putting in the reps right like Mm -hmm. you you cannot all negations acknowledge it's not gonna happen there's somebody else that's putting in kobe says it kobe bryant you know late great somebody else is that's why he was up at the times he was up. He knew he could get another extra uh, extra workout or two in so he could stay ahead of the game. Same thing goes no matter what you're doing, right? People look, oh, look at this overnight success. Yeah. And I, I know in within the next two years, people are going to say, oh, look at Chase. He's an overnight success. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. You you can you can think that. And when you start putting you taking action on yourself instead of saying, Oh, well, it's easier for them. They have good genetics. No, they hike like five miles a week and they wakeboard four days a week. Like, and they grew up doing that. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's yeah. not genetics, guys. It's ethic. Yeah. I'll take yeah. the hard worker over the skill set any day. You know, somebody that's going to yes. put, the, put the reps in and, and dedicate themselves to learning and growing as a, as a manager myself, as a, somebody as a talent seeker and looking to look, work with artists, I get to pick who I want to work with too. And I know there's a lot of people listening to the show that are in similar roles, whether you're agents, whether you're industry professionals that are looking at hiring your next studio engineer, there could be the person coming out of school. That's got all the, all the, you know, fixings, all the whistles, all the bells and whistles. And then you've got the guy who's like, he'll absolutely do anything. He'll pour coffee, he'll work, he'll sweep, he'll do whatever. Who's going to long game that, right? I had a buddy, to, to your point, who skipped the second grade, was offered a chance at the Disney School for the Gifted. His parents didn't have it in the bank at the time. Brilliant individual. He ended up going to Wyoming Technical to learn to build hot rods and stuff. And he got a job in Chicagoland here at a well-renowned shop and quit after a week because did they see the, the sheet metal work I did at Wild Tech? I don't want to sweep floors. 
And he, dude's selling motorcycles for a Harley dealership now because and this was, ooh, this was 13, 14, 15 years ago. Can you imagine where he'd be in the hot rod scene by now? It's reps, man. Absolutely. That's great. Dude, um, one thing I did want to touch on before we wrap it up here too is something you said a few times now um, in our off the scene here kind of conversations like the dream body idea the whole idea of people having it right there and wrapping i don't know how you want to wrap this up but like the idea is this and actually it's here and it's a lot closer what how do we explain that to whatever you're doing it doesn't you don't have to be music professional you don't have to be a wellness professional Whatever your goal is in life, it's actually a lot closer. What is that? What's that all about for you? Great segue from the reps because it comes back to reps. Consistency. Uh, any minute now, there's a post I have scheduled today, funny enough, that says if you think you're doing all the right things and still aren't at your goals, you've either been misinformed or are being wildly dishonest with yourself. And, and it comes back to that. And... Every people often go back to that fear and loathing in the fitness industry around the dream body. It's like, dude, just because like, you know, men's health always has a guy with big pecs and six pack on the front cover does not mean that that's a dream body that aligns with who you are and the life that you want to live. And to me, a dream body supports your dreams. So if you get to a body and the actions that have required you to get there detracted from you getting to your dreams, which take your dreams, write them down, they become goals. We could talk about that on another show. Um, but it's if your body detracted from you achieving your dreams, then I'd call that a nightmare body, even if you are 7% body fat. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's so huge. That's so, that's so potent. And that's going to bend minds. People don't think like that. Yeah. That's the thing. People, no, that's, nope. What? What do you mean, nope? (laughs) Yes, that's that's 100%. Just watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. Two years down the line, people are like, oh, music fit. Mike, yeah, overnight success. Cool. Cool. Cool, yeah. Favorite word. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. All right, man. You know what? When I'm at the point where people are calling me an overnight success, I'll know I've made it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's putting in those reps. It's putting in knowing – Mark said it great too on, uh, on the TNL. You know, it's knowing how, for instance, with, if, if, you're, if you find yourself with money worries, knowing how to – curb that conversation to not feel like you're broke like a joke because that's a conversation and that's why like in the music industry that's a that's a very common i'm a starving musician mm-hmm. well congratulations you always will be when you think like that like how do how do you get around that yeah and i do we have time for me to drop oh. a quick revelation i had dude dude yes please 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 so i was on a walk it's a couple couple months ago i think um it was a random nice day, early spring, Chicagoland. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, my brother gave this awesome best man speech at my wedding going on four years ago now. And 
he was talking, he's like, man, Chase said he was going to get out of the Navy, open a gym, find a girl with tattoos who likes fitness, lock it down and live his life. And I'll be damned. He did exactly that. And I was sitting there, I was like, and I had this like, oh shit. Like, like I manifested that. Like, like I, I abracadabra my, and I'm like, well, wait, why am I still like, why, why, why does the gym, why is it such work to turn a profit? I was like, oh, and it hit me like a ton of bricks because the same part of that story was, oh yeah. And you know I mean? I'll be running a gym. So if at most I make like 40 grand a year, cool. Like I'll be getting to do what I love. And dude, it hit me like a, like it, it slapped me in the face like cosmic slap in the face. I was mm. like, Oh, okay. So now I give myself permission to make success my lifestyle. Wow. Dude, you want to just drop the mic or do you want me to drop the mic for you? On that one? <laughs> Jesus. Dude, that's cool. That's profound, man. I love the way you think on that. Give yourself permission to be successful. Wow. Make success my lifestyle. That is, right? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Here's the mind-blowing piece to that. Just to add to that is that people don't do that. People think that that's really, really foreign. And they're like, uh, when you'd ask that, if, if you guys are listening, you're going, well, that doesn't feel right. Question why that doesn't feel right, please. Yeah, please. Ooh, write that down. Write that shit down. That doesn't feel right to be successful. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay same same to you if you can see in the back over here that little picture there that's the vision board i did after in live uh shout out to the wonderful company that got my ma mind expanded into that manifestation and uh that i did that and 90 percent of it is checked off i still got a couple places to uh to live and mm -hmm. If anybody's single, I'm still looking for, for her. So <laughs> if you guys are listening, you know, hey. it might be part of that, uh, that vision board in there, right? There we go. But that's what I'm saying is that like all those same things right in the middle is why. And after I, cause I, I filled out your, uh, your, your questions yeah. for your show, right? I went back. I think I was speaking with hardcore and I was just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to show you my, my the vision board. And I read in the middle of the vision board, gratitude and groovement. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't looked, I hadn't studied my vision board that I wrote back in 2017 since like I put that up there, but I manifest that. And those are two words that have been really, really close to what I was starting to create, which was Music Fit Collective. And those are two of the root principles of groovement and gratitude. You got to be rad, have great attitude. You got to put movement into groove. You got to groove with it. It's not just about hitting the gym. It's all about like, feel your soul, <laughs> feel it, right? Yeah. Right there on the freaking vision. I'm like, oh shit. And then I did your thing. And then I, like a day later, I was like, oh my God, this is mind blowing. <laughs> I was like, wow. So Dude. very similar to you. It's when you put that shit down, that is manifestation right there. Boom. Yeah. The challenge again, to those of you listening that goes, success feels foreign. Do you have any, any advice for those, those feeling that, or maybe advice, yeah. advice soft talk and knowledge, maybe advice is the wrong word. What, what question would you ask 
that person? I'd ask whether it's uh, where I was going to go before you flipped it there was if success still feels foreign, then manifestation might feel woo-woo, soft talk on purpose. Mm. Um, and to that, I'll say, here's a scientific explanation. It's called your reticular activating system. And it's the reason that you notice the same model car you drive the day after you bought it, all of a sudden there's three X more on the street. So if you're shying away from the woo-woo side of it with manifestation, when you give yourself reasons, when you say, I give myself permission to be successful and you rep it and rep it, you will see reasons and opportunities to be successful dangling in front of you like a carrot on a very short stick. Huge. And when it comes back to the reps and if an affirmation feels uncomfortable, I'll, 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 I'll steal Walsey's uh, lasagna, put it between two things that feel super comfortable. Take, take an affirmation that you know is true. Like I am a great musician or I, I know I can do this, do that. Do that. I give myself permission to be successful or however you want to frame it and make X amount of money per month, book this many shows next year. And then after it, do another affirmation that you know is entirely true about you. Dude, <laughs> this has been, uh, as always, man, it's just a blast where I know you specialize with a very, very, cool niche market where are you looking to make the greatest impact with uh with these folks that you want to work with man yeah uh overwhelmed men in their usually mid-20s to late 30s that uh know that they have more inside cool. if you think that you just want to build a body i am not the guy for you if you want to unleash if you want to build the body and mind to unleash your inner alpha like to know your animal and dance with it, then I'm your huckleberry. And that's why my marketing or my social media is different than other fitness coaches. Because if you just want eight pack abs, I'll, I'll give you somebody else who can just give you eight pack abs. If you want eight pack abs and to have the confidence to start your own business, step away from a job you hate, start a new relationship, let's talk. Boom, there you go. And we know a lot of you out there. I know personally people listening to this show, a lot of you out there just waiting for that permission to succeed, which is a very, very cool, nice way to end things off here with my dude, Tolsey. Tolsey, it's been a slice, dude. Thank you very much for, uh, for sharing space and uh, sharing infinite nuggets of wisdom. Where's yeah. the best place? Where's the best place people can pick you up and, uh, and, ask questions and do all that good stuff. Uh, right now I'm right on the place where everybody in their low to mid thirties hangs out. You know, I'm, I'm not cool enough to, for TikTok. I'm too cool for Facebook. So uh, at coach underscore chase underscore Tolleson Instagram. Yeah. There you go. Bingo. We'll <laughs> make sure that's all in there. It's IG. It's IG and now clubhouse, right? So if you guys clubhouse, are on clubhouse, yeah. We've got a cool little club coming up. Um, we're going to get on that a little later today by the, by the sounds of things. We're waiting for, for Walsey, see if he can make it. Um, 
either today, tomorrow, but we got a club. So if you guys are on Clubhouse, we can uh, we can have a chat there too and help unlock some of that wonderful magic inside. Final thoughts, man. Now I want to kind of get, you know, we want to get mm-hmm. back into being human here. Now, I understand keyboardist as an eight-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> keyboard prodigy, digging the Hendrix. I got to ask, man, what's the dream band for you? If you could put on uh, a bucket list uh, lineup, what would that look like for you, man? Festival or something. Where would it be? Ooh. What are the bands? Mm. Pink Floyd, original Pink Floyd before okay. they all started hating each other. Uh, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Kenny Rain Shepard, uh, Chris Duarte and Leonard Skinner. Wow. Who the F is high or uh, headline on that? Oh, who's headlining? Oh, whose egos, whose egos getting knocked down? <laughs> I, I, oh, man, that's, I think Jimmy would have to headline. Okay. I, That's cool. You know, I, I think Jimmy and Pink Floyd might might co-headline. Jimmy would definitely be a headliner. He'd he'd finish that show off. Yeah. Now, any rock star out there that you'd love to to story work to find out what's that up on? Out of that lineup, even. Yeah, uh, Roger Waters. What a mind, hey. Yeah. What Dude. a mind. And to dig into some of the stories with what went on between him and David Gilmore. Like, wow. Yeah. 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 That's the thing, man. There you go. And just helping to manifest all that. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll Let's be in go. touch. That's why we got Music Fit Collective here. That's what we're doing. Hey, I got a guy. Yeah. We got to go get Pink Floyd on board now. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Dude, so cool. Uh, any final words for, uh, for the folks listening that um, you can leave them with? If you think you're maybe kind of sort of probably ready to do something, start. And just like that, dude comes onto my show and Mike drops the shit out of it. The minute you think you can do something, folks, you start. That is exactly it. You know, the the secret to life is uh, deciding to do it. Choice, right? Big thanks to my dude, Chase Tolson. Um, as we mentioned, you guys can find us over at, uh, at Clubhouse. If you're out there, you can look for the Music Fit Club. You can find me. You can find Chase. We're all over that IG thing. And speaking of community, if you are looking for that level up, surround yourself with great people and a community that supports the stuff that you're doing and celebrates the wins. We've got that. That's called the Music Fit Collective. That's what we're doing. We are radically changing the game and rewriting the rules of rock and roll. One musician at a time. Right? That's how it starts. We've got a monthly membership that we've actually got a sweet deal going right now too. Musicfitcollective.com. We're giving away a month for free just to try it out. Make sure it's the right jam for you. Right. So if you are looking for a place to level up, get the resources, find the what's what about musician wellness, connect with other like-minded artists, industry, who knows, 
You might need a graphic designer. We got that. You might need soft talk acknowledged all the time. You, you're, you could be looking for a booker or a, a talent buyer. We got that. Because that's the cool thing about musicians. We all wear so many different hats. So we want to connect with you. We want to know what you're all about. How can we help add value in your life, bring people to you, hear your music, hear your story, and, and keep on growing this thing. So that's what we set up. We got the Music Fit Collective. Musicfitcollective.com. You got the likes of myself, Chase. We got Hardcore Hanson on there. Oh, man, we got some people. I'm telling you. Cool ways to move, cool ways to eat good food for you, fuel that performance. Also, a big part of it is finding that identity, figuring out that mindset, and just optimizing the performance both on and off the stage. That's what we do around here. So, if you're interested, that sounds cool, and you want to talk more, find me over at musicfitcollective.com. I'm going to let my boy Adrian Chalifor take you guys home here. Like I said, make it a great week. Till next time. Y'all stay tuned. Peace.